Direct misfire, target many war games. Ben Summit, Spoon are taking aim. Comment, like, and subscribe today. Keeping you notified and up to date. Hello, champs, and welcome once again to another Direct Misfire Missive. Joining me today, as always, is Spoon as we talk hobby and events. How are you going, Spoon? Uh, not too bad, so... Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Just come back from a jousting event, which was fun and games. Apart from the wet and cold, it was good. <laughs> um, Alright, so what's on the agenda for today's missive? Uh, we've got a couple of interviews um, covering a couple of events, one international event and a international campaign day. And Convic, which is happening in Victoria. Um, and then we'll uh, chat about... Uh, your recent tournament experience, Spoon. Yep. Um, so let's get into that now. Um, we'll start off with our interview with uh, Chris Kapsner, so I'll insert that now. Okay, and today we have a special guest, uh, Chris Kapsner, is that how I pronounce his surname? Yes, it is. Yes, and um, <laughs> what brings you on the show? Tell us a bit about yourself first. Uh, a bit about myself. I am, uh, well, I've been playing Kings of War since uh, about two or three months after the Age of Sigmar dropped. Ah, yes. Like <laughs> Last a, year. Like a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> like a lot of people. Uh, and prior to that, I was playing Warhammer Fantasy uh, since 2002. A mm -hmm. um, little bit before that, I was playing Mage Knight, which is kind of how I got into miniature gaming which was a uh, pre-painted miniatures they make uh, uh the same company that makes the hero clicks i was gonna say is that hero clicks yeah yep. yeah yeah uh so i got into buying those models while i was role playing and playing dungeons and dragons and things like that it was it was pre D, &D minis and uh just started playing the game because i happened to have the min miniatures and then i got uh, kind of got into miniature war gaming and people turned me on to Warhammer Fantasy and uh, I got into tournament gaming uh, quite a bit over the years mm -hmm. and then uh, really started to ramp up my my grand tournament traveling uh, just a few years ago and when the shift happened um, we had uh, you know just a couple well three years ago we we organized the US Masters and started getting regions kind of traveling and intermingling more and things like that. And I was yeah. really enjoying that. And uh, when, when Age of Sigmar, Sigmar dropped and um, people started kind of going in different directions, I was asked to throw my name into the hat for uh, the region chair for the Midwest for the U.S. Masters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I threw my name in there and and ended up becoming the chair person. So, uh, Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a great thing or not, but... Uh, <laughs> So, and I, I kind of uh, banded together with another avid tournament goer, uh, one of our best players in the, in the Midwest who was also coming over to Kings of War. And then we had, um, in our region, we, we're kind of a broad region. Uh, and so it's, it's Minnesota on the, the northwest side of it and Ohio on the east side of it. And we're, we're pretty spread out. So it's, mm -hmm. it takes me... If I want to drive to their events over in Ohio, even though we're in the same region, it, it it's a over a twelve hour round trip right. or a twelve hour one, one way trip, I should say. Uh, so twenty four hour round trip. Um, 
But the Ohio area did have a, a relatively strong Kings of War community, uh, existing Kings of War community coming in from first edition. Uh, the TO that that ran the Clash of Kings at Adepticon uh, for the last you know couple of years, he is from that region and and uh, the champion is from that region and things like that. So mm. uh, I asked Kara Brown to join us also on that the committee for the Midwest. She is the well, last year's champion for Clash of Kings in the United States mm-hmm. or North America, I should say. And uh, we've been just trying to build it ever since. And um, now I'm I've shifted my my grand tournament that I run uh, from Warhammer Fantasy to Kings of War this year, and uh, you know, doing things like getting involved with Mark Cox and organizing the the National Campaign Day mm. and stuff like that. And of course, I I have a podcast uh, with my co-host Michelle Olson. Um, we do the Lake Swat Fantasy Squad uh, yes, podcast. Yes. And uh, have shifted. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> We've shifted from Warhammer Fantasy to Kings of War, and um, Michelle also has a YouTube channel uh, that's Oasis Rising. So if you're interested in finding her tips and tricks to painting, uh, uh, she's yeah, her latest projects have been involving uh, uh, putting LED lighting inside her, mm. her tree men models yeah. and things like that. Cool. It's, it does. <laughs> so I got to see that firsthand just a couple week weekends ago. And we'll so. put um, the link in the uh, show notes as well. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. So yeah. that's yeah, that's my my rough background. There. Mm. So it's <laughs> quite colourful there, kind of dabbling in everything, and like a lot of people, transferring over from fantasy. Um, right. What armies are you playing? Spoon brought up the question just before recording. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's well, going on I, in the hobby table? Well, I have I have a lot of different armies. I mean, when you're um, when you're a, an ADD hobbyist mm. and you've been it for over a decade, you you tend to collect a lot of models. And I have a tendency not to sell anything. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I just keep collecting armies over and over. And so I have you know lizard men, and I have dark elves, and I have high elves, and uh, Warriors of Chaos and, uh, Beastmen and, um, let's see what else. <laughs> uh, all, yeah, it can keep on going and going. Um, but what I primarily played in Warhammer Fantasy for uh, a decade was Beastmen. And yeah. in 2012, when the Warriors of Chaos book came out, uh, I shifted over to Warriors of Chaos. And yep. so I was playing, uh, and then when I started looking at the, uh, Kings of War rules, uh, Wow, it looked like I could get back to my beastmen and they would be competitive again. Uh, mm-hmm. So I I jumped into the herd and that's what I've been playing primarily. So I, I've, let's see, I, I took the herd to Adepticon and uh, I've, I've done a number of demo events and things like that. And then I, I went down to the Twin Cities, which is about two and a half hours away, uh, down to the Minneapolis area uh, to play in a, a smaller one-day tournament a few weeks ago. And uh, there was 16 players for that, uh, so it's not not too bad for a small local mm-hmm. event. Um, have you had much success with the herd? Um, well, yeah, I I took them to Wapaka, which was the very first um, Masters qualifier for the Midwest, and ended up taking fifth there, and actually should have been tied for second, but nice. I calculated <laughs> my own points. And when oh, I that's turned uh, yeah. yeah. That was on your cast, awesome. wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally found out while we were recording the cast. <laughs> um, and then uh, I went to Adepticon and took fourth place there, uh, which I thought was pretty good considering the strength of schedule I was, I was facing. Um, I think there was 34 players there, and I played... First place, second place, 
fifth place, sixth place. I took fourth, so I only missed third place in there. And then also last year's champion. So it was it was a good uh, good strong schedule. So you're doing all right for yourself then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At the uh, at the one day event, uh, I took first there and and didn't miss a point. So the hurt the hurt are treating me well. Hmm. Nice work. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so what's this um, tournament that you're organizing and running? So the Lady of the Lake GT is uh, we're we're transitioning as I mentioned from Warhammer Fantasy to um, Kings of War. Uh, the first time we did it was last year officially the the year before that well the the two years prior to that we were doing a, a gt called berserkon and uh, which was basically we we're trying to get a grand tournament in our in our area and we were attaching that to uh, a local gaming convention mm. but it was getting difficult to get people up here uh for it just because when you when you're there's less risk when you attach yourself into a gaming convention but there's very little um money left over after people pay for their entrance just to get into the the convention itself yeah, yep. left over to buy prize support and trophies and things like that and so it was kind of difficult um so we we branched out on our own last year to become the lady of the lake gt and uh we're right on lake superior i don't know if you guys uh, in new zealand know where lake superior is but it's the really big lake right in the uh, north middle of the united states it's the the biggest great lakes Okay. Uh, biggest lake, I'm just lake on um, Google Maps now. I'm just having a look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you see the big Great Lake on the uh, the northwest side there, yep. that's Lake Superior, and the uh, the lower left uh, corner, that's our port town. Duluth is uh, uh, the biggest city on Lake Superior. Okay. Uh, so Lady of the Lake uh, seemed fitting, and so we're doing kind of an Arthurian theme to it. And last year we had uh, uh, an engraved sword that uh, the winner got to draw out of a, a stone. <laughs> That's stuff, so cool. Making it fun. <laughs> yeah. Bit of ceremony uh, there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that, right? Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so um, do you want to give us a bit of information on the, the event, event itself? Sure. Points. It's uh, yep. Uh, it's going to be July uh, 30th and 31st and the uh, point level is 2200 so okay. i like to do something a little different uh points wise you know just just something to shake it up so it's 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 unique when most of the tournaments in our region are are 2000 points of course uh adepticon clash of kings was 2500 points mm. uh, but this is something just to to shake it up a little bit um we are, you know, allowing all of the army lists, including tw uh, the Twilight Kin, and we are allowing allies and, and things like that. Um, we've added in six new spells for the event, mm -hmm. which is intriguing some people. It's, uh, uh, it's something that um, is actually drawing Nick Williams in from the UK. He's on the... Uh, uh, the rules committee, uh, rules committee. Yep. yep. And he's coming over for it. And then, uh, we're drawing up some people from Texas, like Mark Cox, who runs uh, lone wolf GT and, uh, uh, Jeff Swan, who runs the, uh, moonshine GT. They're both coming up for it and things. So it's, it's neat that, you know, you add kind of a, a unique twist to your event and then, and then people are like, Oh, that, that's something I want to try. Yeah, so yep. it's kind of fun. Okay. Uh, what are the spells? Are you allowed to say, or is it a surprise? Yep. No, they're actually on the on the website right okay, now. Okay. Cool. And, uh, you know, I'd I'd be happy to kind of walk through them yeah, here on the podcast. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So one of the the first 
criticisms I heard about Kings of War when I was trying to convince people to to join me uh, in playing was the the limited number of spells. Uh, yeah. You know, there's coming from Warhammer Fantasy where I, I I don't even know how many dozens of spells are in Warhammer Fantasy yeah. uh, to six spells in in uh, Kings of War and and most of the armies can't take all of them. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, there's only two or three or so, sometimes four or five, depending on your army. But a lot of times you couldn't even take all, all six. Mm-hmm. So we thought, well, you know, let's, let's try something different here and create some spells that are, are Arthurian themed and uh, would give some, some people a different twist to their army. Uh, but it would be open to everyone. So any, any character, not monster or something. So you can't take like a, a Basilean Phoenix or something and, yeah. and, boost them with spells but any character that can take spells uh as an upgrade or, or comes with them inherently can purchase these spells uh just as you would purchase a, a spell in their um entry in the in the rule book mm-hmm. so the the first one uh, her lady's grace it's a two dice spell uh cost 25 points 12 inch range uh the target unit gains nimble if a four plus is rolled until the player's following shooting phase so you'd be able to to potentially um you know, target a unit that uh, that normally wouldn't be able to make their way around something as easily, and and be able to then move in your following movement phase That's with that unit. Quite nifty, yeah, like that yeah. one. Yeah, it could be very handy <laughs> since nimble is quite limited on a few things. So yeah, right, yeah. right. Or even you know, if you've moved, like say you've moved your uh, your archer unit, so now they're they're minus one to hit, but you cast nimble on them beforehand. You know, now suddenly. They're nimble, so they don't have that minus one penalty. Yep. You know, shoot right after you cast that spell or something mm. like that. So mm. you, there's a lot of ways to utilize that spell. Yeah, cool. Uh, That's a good one. Healing waters of the lady. This is one that uh, that uh, some people were like really raising an eyebrow to because it's a uh, it's six dice heal spell just as a regular, just like heal is in the book. Only it's a 12 inch radius and affects all friendly units within range. That's huge. Um, yeah, it's huge. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very expensive. It's uh, 70 points for that spell. Yeah, it's really um, expensive. <laughs> expensive. <laughs> uh, so, but I've I've had some people telling me that they're planning on, you know, bringing a, a a couple of casters with that and just being able to blanket heal their their uh, units. But we'll mm. we'll see. It, it it there's a trade-off there where you're spending so many points to to keep units alive, but uh, it certainly is is very good if you're if you're able to heal up two or three units at a time, it's certainly worth the points. Mm. So um, and then Excalibur, this is probably my favorite one. It's a two dice spell, 12 inch range, uh, same guidelines as Bane Chant. Uh, the target unit receives a plus one to melee. So that's uh, just like the 45 point artifact that gives okay. you plus one to in close combat. Yep. Uh, and crushing strength one. So it's just like that artifact and Bane Chant at the same time. Big buff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a big buff. Uh until the end of the turn, but as there can only be one Excalibur, this yep. spell may only be cast once per shooting phase uh, and does not stack with Bane Chant. So, <laughs> okay, um, sixty points for that spell, but I think it's really good. Yeah, mm. cool. Nightly Speed, three dice spell, twelve uh, inch range. The target u- unit receives a plus one speed per four plus that's rolled until your following shooting phase, mm-hmm. and that's 30, 35 points. So interesting. Potentially, you know, something that's out of range for you or or you know maybe you're on a flank and 
you know, you, you have that you're facing off against that unit that's one movement more than you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, this spell could come in, in real handy. Uh, but yeah, that's one that you'd have to plan ahead a bit more for because you've still got the opponent's whole turn before you're able to move that unit. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yep. But if you play it right, you could pull out some nasty tricks, I'm sure. Yes, I think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> then her lady's shield, uh, it's a two dice spell, 12 inch range. The target unit gains plus one defense until the player's uh, following shooting phase. So let's see, this spell can only be ca successfully cast once upon the unit until the end, uh, the end of the shooting phase, yeah. and it caps it a six plus defense. Yeah. Um, so that's 40 points, but certainly very good, especially those uh, defense five units. Mm. I think it's going to be a, a huge boost to them to, to bump them to defense six mm, for a turn. Especially on, say, large cavalry are usually quite punchy and cap at defense five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is fitting for the Arthurian. Yeah, theme. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then uh, the last one, uh, Nightly Resolve. It's a five-day spell, 12-inch uh, range, and uh, you may target uh, a unit engaged in combat. The target unit receives plus one nerve for the unit uh, until you're following shooting phase for each four-plus rolled, mm. and that's a 30-day mm. spell. So, you know, on average, going up two or three nerve mm. for the turn. Um, that, I think that's, that's pretty solid. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Because playing the game a few uh, for a while now, you you notice the subtlety. So we'd always waver one unit just by one or route just by one. So having a couple of right. extra nerve can make all the difference. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. I, I like the sound yeah. of it. I'm excited to see how it how it turns out. <laughs> you know, I, I I'm hoping nothing's really broken. You know, and I've asked people for a lot of feedback on on point costing the stuff, and and I've adjusted the points actually based on some feedback I've gotten, and I'm 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 hoping that since everyone has access to it, then no one can really complain that yeah, something's that's broken. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's balanced in that way that everyone has access. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably a fine line in, as you said before, between picking X amount of spells from that list and building your actual actual army. So. Right. Yeah. Mm. Be interested to have a look at it again. I think that'd be cool. So if you wanted to just go over the details again, so just uh, date and time and price and how do people sign up? Yep. Uh, so you can go to lakeswatfantasy.com. Uh, that's L-A-K-E-S-W-A-T-T. -T. So it's like a SWAT team. Mm -hmm. uh, Fantasy.com. And uh, you can sign up there. Uh, it's $55 for early entry, 65 uh, if it's, uh, I forget the date that it's post, uh, might be June 1st, actually, so it's coming right up. I'd okay. have to look again <laughs> when, that, when that cutoff is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can sign up there, and uh, certainly, um, please, if you're if you're even considering traveling to the Midwest, uh, this is going to be a big one. We have we have 21 people already paid and registered, and, and I have about... 12 to 15 more people that say they're coming. Okay. Uh, so we should be, you know, in that 35 to 40 range. Uh, it's going to, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, one of the things I, I like events that bring people together and are kind of social, mm. uh, because that's why we're playing this game and not playing video games. Yeah. Um, and so what I do is I, I throw a party, uh, on Saturday night at my house. I have a, a huge yard. Um, and, 
I grill up food and, uh, and and do the the side dishes and everything, but people have to bring their own beer. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good news. But uh, you know, last year we had we had more people showing up for the party than we even had at our event. You know, because significant, <laughs> significant others are coming and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was a it was a just a really great time, and and we got a bonfire going and people just hanging out and and I actually I allow people to camp in my yard <laughs> as well for the event to to keep costs down so people don't have to pay for hotels if they don't want to. And I had about I think ten people last year camping in my backyard. So. It was, and and sleeping in my RV, <laughs> so so it was a very good time. And so definitely, if you're thinking about coming uh, up to a, a Midwest GT, give mine a try. Definitely, so. I feel like I'm missing out now. Yeah, shame, <laughs> shame I don't have a butt ton of money. To yeah, that's right. There. Yeah. Um. All right. So if you're interested, we've got the details. I'll be on the um, show notes as well. Um. Now you've got something else to talk about. The International Campaign Day? Yeah, the uh, the National Campaign Day that morphed into the International Campaign Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, uh, this was, this was uh, interesting pulling together because um, we, had, we have a, a Facebook group of TOs for Kings of War that were, you know, our whole national community for the, the U.S. Um, voted essentially to switch to Kings of War for the U.S. Masters. Uh, seven out of the eight regions in the U.S. did. And so uh, a Facebook group was started up for the TOs to kind of get on the same page, discuss any rules changes and things like that. Of course, um, coming from a Warhammer Fantasy background, people were talking about comp and all of these things because we're used to that. Uh, and then uh, after not too long people started figuring out hey this game is really well balanced and we probably don't have to do much for comping um but but one of the people mark cox threw out this idea of pulling together something like a tournament over um kind of like on a national level Mm -hmm. like trying to get people to to play games against each other and then count it all for a tournament and and i shot back that that would be a little difficult to do for a tournament, but a campaign could really be done this way if we, you know, organized it well. And so we've been putting our heads together and coming up with ideas, and we've now uh, pulled this together and and named the date. It's going to be on July 9th, and it's going to be um, everyone that's that's taking part in it is playing simultaneously. Uh, you'll you'll pre-make your lists ahead of time of 1,000 points, 1,500 points, and 2,000 points, and then also be able to uh, adjust your 1,500-point list up to either 1,700, 1,800, uh, 1,700 or 1,800, depending on what happens in the campaign. Okay. Um, so the way it'll work is we're going to give out the first scenario to everyone just before um probably the night before just to make sure there aren't any glitches mm. uh and, and then give it just like you would for a tournament you have you know an hour timeline for that first thousand point game to get your your game finished and then turn in your results and it's just going to be win loss draw uh for each location it'll it'll it's going to be good versus evil and win loss draw so what someone would report for a location uh if you had 10 people playing so you have five games going on it'd be like you know Three wins for good, one loss, uh, one win for evil, and a and a draw, and then you'd report that in, and we do some quick calculations because we're going to have uh, the spreadsheet all ready to go uh, that people will be inputting into, and to be able to tell you, okay, for your region, 
good is ahead, but maybe for internationally uh, overall evils ahead yeah. and there are different bonuses for those two two things for your region and then for for the overall campaign and then we'd give the next scenario and so uh you're kind of going to be uh playing like it's a, it's a tournament but you're not seeing the tournament pack all at once it's going to be you know you're not going to see that scenario until you're actually getting to it um i think it's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be uh you're going to have the opportunity in, for some of the scenarios where you'll actually be able to give bonuses to your units and if those same units are in your army for your next um you know as, as you bump your army list up in size because over the course of the tournament it's kind of growing kind of like a, an escalation yeah a little yep. bit yep and uh, over the course of that, if you've given that bonus to a unit that's still in your army later on, you're going to be able to still carry that bonus over. Um, so there's going to be a lot of fun tweaks to it. And um, it's uh, the idea is at the end, uh, we're going to declare a winner. And uh, Ronnie Renton has said that uh, some kind of a prize or something like that will be will be able to be given out to everyone that's on the winning side. We're thinking some kind of a uh, uh, an award symbol or something like that okay. on their, uh on their forum yep. uh you know you're you when you sign into the mantic forum ah, yeah. you'll be yep. able to have something in there so that's what we're kind of working towards and uh like i said it was an, it was initially just like a national thing where we were going to try to pull our regions together so what and happened? then we had people from <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> some people from Canada contacted us and they wanted to take part. And then the guys from the UK contacted us and they wanted to take part. Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, if you're willing to, you know, play into the AM, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you you can certainly join us, and so they are uh, going to be playing in it as well. And ironically, um, one of my club mates is going to be over uh, in the UK for a conference. Uh, and was planning on flying back on Sunday, he made adjustments to his uh, flight to fly out on Monday instead so he can go to the Mantic headquarters and play in the campaign day. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that might be difficult for us in Victoria here, because I'm just checking the dates. I'm pretty sure Convic is 9th and 10th, so yeah. your 9th would be oh, our 10th sure. on the Sunday. Is it just yeah. the one day? It's just the one day. Uh, okay. It's going to be five, five games just that day. Um, basically, we have a you know a different start time for each time zone uh, so that we're all playing at the same time. Mm. But you guys, I was kind of doing some math, and you guys would have to start at like 4 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> on Sunday morning or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's so not, way not too easy. Yeah. <laughs> Those who aren't attending Convict, you've got no excuse. Right. <laughs> get, up, get up at 3.30. That's right. Set up a table. Play some games. <laughs> that sounds really cool. Yeah. So how do people find out more about this? Is there a, a site linked to like sort of fantasy, or is, is it on the forums? Um, there is uh, there is a Facebook page for this right now, and it's called the U.S. Kings of War Campaign Day. Um, like I said, when I when we were first getting this launched, it was just going to be a national thing, and then it kind of spreads. So that's why it's it's U.S. Kings of War Campaign Day. But uh, it's a it's a closed group. Just ask to join, and and of course we'll let you in. Uh, right now we have 125 members in there, wow. and uh, we just keep growing. So. 
uh, word spreading around. And uh, some of the people that have joined uh, have said, hey, I've got, you know, a group of five or six people that are going to be playing and and they're not even all in the group. And we have we've started to pull together uh, the list of basically the point people for each location. Uh, and those people we're going to get the, the day before we're going to get the all of the scenarios out to them so that if there is a glitch, people can still run with it. And uh, we're hoping there's not a glitch, but yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> it's our first time doing this. And if it goes well, we're we're hoping to do many more. So yeah. Cool. I would love to jump into the next one yeah, if I can't too. get into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just as we're speaking, I've just uh, sent a request to join that group. Everyone uh, else should awesome. follow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, was there anything else that you wanted to say while well, that you're on the air? Um, Any shout-outs nope. to anyone? Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> Everyone's beautiful well, people. There you go. Yeah, yeah. No, everybody's great. Uh, a shout-out shout to, uh, our, I guess, our next uh, Midwest U.S. Masters qualifier. That's Blood in the Sun GT. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be in Chicago. Um, I think it's uh, June 18th, 19th. And uh, uh, we, you know, Chicago's a great city to to fly into and and spend some time there and um so anybody looking to uh to play in a really fun kings of war event uh in in june that's certainly one to take a look at and and come over for so okay um, cool yeah thank you for having me on your podcast i really appreciate it guys and and i listen to every one of yours so keep <laughs> thank you very work. much <laughs> we'll have to get you back for a, an army breakdown indeed yeah that'd be a lot of fun that'd be a lot of fun maybe the herd right. hey Yes, yeah, that hasn't yeah. happened yet. So, yep, good idea. All right. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. Just let me know when. Will do. Uh, have right. a good night. You too, guys. Take care. See ya. See ya. And our next guest is Andrew Goodman, part of the Vagabond Wargaming Group. Hi, Andrew. How are you going? G'day, Ben. Yeah, good, mate. Uh, what do you wish to talk to us about tonight? Oh, I... Um have a tournament coming up that I'm pretty interested to spread the word on. We, um, I've been involved with the Vagabonds Wargaming Club for, well, since its inception. I was one of the first five guys who sort of got together and decided that we should do something together. Yep. Um, and we've we've run Convic, which was a, well, obviously Warhammer Fantasy Battle tournament since about 2003. Yep. Um, many of us... Uh, had the same issues with 8th as people now have with ninth. I, I jumped out of the, the whole wargaming thing when 8th came around. I think I played four or five games and went, not for me. So um, I just haven't played until about a year ago or a bit less than a year ago when 2nd uh, edition of Kings of War came out and a mate introduced it to me and said, have a look at this, it might be the alternative you're looking for. So... Uh, Loved it instantly. Um, got the whole bug back for modelling and painting and prepping armies for tournaments and playing tournaments and thinking about the game all day, every day, and <laughs> when I should be doing other things. Um, and then thought, well, hang on, let's get Convict back on its feet, but for Kings of War. So um, we had a chat amongst some of the guys who have sort of had a resurgence into kings of war and i said i'd stick my hand up and run the the first one um and it's well, i suppose details wise it's the the 9th and 10th of july in 
freezing cold Melbourne at that time of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's played at the Burden Park Bowling Club, which is um, out in Springvale. Um, it's an awesome venue. Um, bowling, lawn bowls clubs, traditionally not used very much over the winter um, and uh, lovely areas for parking and views out the windows and heaps of space and when it was uh, at its heyday of a Warhammer Fantasy Battle tournament we, we hosted 120 players there one time and um, it was pretty awesome um, so got to start somewhere and we're, we're hoping to field a 20 to 40 player tournament um, if we can get enough interest. Mm-hmm. Have you got some details of the actual event, uh, points, levels, uh, scenarios and whatnot? Yeah, sure. We're, we've done something a bit different to um, what's been done so far. A lot of a lot of the tournaments in Australia so far have been simply like chess tournaments, win, loss, draw. But um, the Vagabonds Club has always been there to try and promote the hobby in total. So um, we've looked at how we could do a tournament that would encourage players to take a bit of time and an effort on their armies and present armies that other people might like to play against and um, actually have to think a fair bit about the construction of your army because um, as most of us who play the game uh, would agree, I hope, playing the game is what it's about. Um, so you go and you you get to play three or four games in a day and that's a, that's a good day. Mm. Um, so what I tried to do with the construction of the tournament was make it uh, have the ability to play seven games over two days um, and to do that without getting um, that sort of overkill of um, my brain hurts at the end of day one. I don't think I can face up to day two. <laughs> um, I thought we'd go for some varied points limits and there's also a little side reason for doing that and that's because I quite like playing small points games and I wanted to encourage more people to play some small points games so that I've got more people to play small points games. Against. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so what we've done is day one is two games at 1,000 points, followed by two games at 1,500 points, and that sees you out for day one. And then day two is three games at 2,000 points. All right. So when you're preparing your army, you need to, oh, I suppose it depends on what models you've got and all that sort of stuff as well, but you... Um, look at how you can construct your army inside a thousand point limit with some restrictions because yep. we don't want 310 point flyers flying around in a thousand point game because mm. it's no fun for anybody. No, and there's some quite big restrictions there that um, I've had uh, spent a lot of time trying to mull over how to get what I want in a thousand point list because uh, what is it? You can't have any unit over 200 points. So, no unit over 200 points, including artifacts. Yep. Yep. Um, and a single flyer at um, a thousand points, mm-hmm. um, and then at fifteen hundred points, you can have two flyers and no unit bigger than two hundred and fifty points, including artifacts. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to two thousand points, it's three flyers max and um, uh, no limit on the on the points of the units. Yep. Right. Yeah. Okay. So if if you've had to um, spend a bit of time thinking about it then my, my work here is done. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what I want to do. I want to encourage people to enjoy all facets of the hobby. And, and army selection 
is one of the facets of yeah. the hobby. If yep. you've got to sit down and go, uh, well, the tournament I played on the weekend, I ended up playing with version five of the list that I started constructing two weeks beforehand and went, nah, no, I'll do this one. Nah, <laughs> no, 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 nah. <laughs> so I got to got to version five and I had a good time doing it. Yep. You know, I shared, shared it with friends and went, what do you reckon about this? How do you reckon this is going to go with that and combo and blah, blah, blah? And if, if you know, if you've got to practice a few thousand point games before Convict, then um, that's good. You and your mates have played some thousand point games. Hmm. Is there any special scenarios or are we playing straight out of the book? We're playing pretty close to straight out of the book. We um, will, we've got um, all, all six scenarios from the book plus one which is out of the book with a, a bit of an extra bonus in. And I'm just flicking through my um, own. So first scenario at 1,000 points is kill. So we do that straight up. Yep. Sec- second one, uh, 1,000 points is invade, mm-hmm. um, straight out of the book. Um, then uh, dominate 1,500 points, then pillage at 1,500 points. Yep. And then day Two, we go kill and pillage at 2,000. Game fives at 2,000 is loot. Yep. Um, then kill and pillage. So that's your six games straight out of the book. Yep. And then the final scenario is invade. But before the first deployment, each person gets to secretly nominate one of their opponent's units. And if during the course of play you route that unit, you add the points of that unit to your uh, to their tally as if had it finished wholly in your opponent's side. So... You can use that as a tactic to discourage your opponent from using that unit and therefore possibly giving you the points, or you could use it as a tactic for trying to bait your opponent into having that unit stay in their own line so that you don't have to fight against them. Mm. <laughs> played Yeah, I've played it a few times and it's quite fun and very tactical depending on which unit you're selecting because you can, you can go for the 80-point um, you know, gargoyle unit that you're pretty likely to pick up just in if they fly it around. You know, you can pick one of their um, their chaff units and you're pretty likely to pick it up because they, they need their chaff units. Or you can go, right, oh, there's the 320-point monster combat unit that I know you want to fight with, so I might as well try and get that and get all those points. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Bit of mind games there. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. I love, love the whole part of the hobby. I, I love of the lot so we also have um some painting points associated Mm -hmm. um and that's going to be done um off a off a scale of points that you can get based on uh our judge's decision on how you've done based on our um set of tick boxes i suppose yep um and we've got a, a pretty well recognized painter um from past times and probably currently could if he he just had the birth of his second child, Dom Holloway. Ah, oh, yes. Yep. So Dom's won a lot of painting prizes and used to be a commission painter and um, all sorts of stuff. So he's one of our members and he's going to um, pop in to do the paint judging on uh, on day two. Yep. Where everyone's got their full 2,000 points out and about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's only a total of 12 points. Um, so it's not massive, but it just adds in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah. Yeah, correct. And you're planning to use—is uh, it the Clash of Kings tournament pack or similar to, with all the re- the new restrictions in it? 
Well, we we had to uh, advertise the tournament and get things up and about as far as discussion goes before they actually posted the final Clash of Kings um, uh, rules. Yep. But uh, so what we had to do was pick our own version of what they were talking about that they were proposing at the time that we we published it. So uh, we'll have the a few special rules in there that are not straight out of the book um, yep. that are pretty much from what was interesting reading the Clash of Kings one because it's pretty much what we've done. Mm. Um, but that just means that we got good information the first time about what they were planning to do, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Got anything else you want to plug for the tournament, Andrew? Um, look, we we I had a conversation with the uh, the venue today because we're we're only at uh, eleven people signed up so far, mm-hmm. um, and I was thinking that we were going to really struggle um, to pay for everything we needed to pay for if we didn't get to twenty. Yep. But um, the venue I've been working with for years and years and they said look we'll work it based on numbers so if you end up with 12 or 14 players we'll change what we charge you and so uh, as of lunchtime today tournament is definitely on if we've got you know the, the 11 players or 12 players that we've got now it'll still run mm-hmm. um, and if we end up with 40 players then the venue makes more money out of it and we have a bigger prize pool mm. yep. cool. so that's the that's the go it's all going to happen and uh yeah, but yeah, sign up, guys. Let, let us know. The, the more ad, uh, advanced notice I've got on um, how many people are coming, the, the better trophies I can pay for and the better um, prize support I can twist people's arm for. I went to uh, a few convicts many moons ago, mm. and the days were great. Uh, <laughs> cheap, cheap beer. Yes, it's 1970s beer prices for the uh, for the 70 and 80 year old bowlers, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not to mention the accommodation across the road. Whilst not brilliant, it it's all it you will need, suffice. Really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've you've got the the Walsing Matilda Hotel across the road, which does quite a good um, counter attack and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, it's yeah, passable accommodation. There's a McDonald's on the other corner across the road for your fast food hit, and we often run a, a barbecue and so forth. Depending on numbers of people there, we often run a barbecue for lunch and even do a, a breakfast sometimes. But uh, once again, that'll depend on how many people are coming along, whether it's uh, worthwhile mm-hmm. yeah, firing up the barbie and throwing some eggs and bacon rolls out or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And for anyone interested, I will be taking ogres and my ogre outfit will be making an appearance. Oh. Yeah, an ogre outfit. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. I um, <laughs> wore it for the last Convic uh, a couple of years back when I ran Ogres, and I've okay. made a few adjustments since. Sure. Is this a Shrek-based one? No, I, this is more um, more like a butcher uh, from okay. Warhammer Fantasy. Gotcha. So, bloody yes, apron so and whatnot. Bleeding guts. Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Beautiful. Mm. Well, I'm not sure if we have a prize for that, but we do. It's a and, spectacle. And this is a, a, a special thing that's assigned uh, only to convict as uh, convict as far as I know. Um, back in the day when we were planning the tournament, we used to go to DogCon. All of us used to go up to Sydney to DogCon and they had an ugliest general prize <laughs> that they used to hand out. But we, were, we thought we were a little above that. So we've always had the sexiest general <laughs> prize. So um, my lovely wife will be uh, coming in during the tournament surreptitiously and selecting an appropriate candidate for the sexiest general <laughs> and they will uh, receive the most coveted mirror award 
for the sexiest general at the tournament. Mm-hmm. Well, there goes your chance, Benson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not to worry. So, fun to be had, games to be played. Seven on the weekend is, um, yeah, it's a good deal if you can get seven games in a weekend and a leave pass from other other things that are real life, I reckon. Yeah, I totally mm. agree. Agreed. Um, we'll put all the details in the show notes. So for those that are interested, uh, there'll be links and whatnot there. Uh, what's the Convict website, Andrew? It is uh, convict.com. Convict.com. There yeah, you go. So it's associated with the uh, – when when the Warhammer tournament um, found its end, it, it was taken over and run as War Machine. Ah, yes. So the War Machine guys have been running it for the last five years and they will still run Convict War Machine. Yep. So I'm running Convict Kings of War and about a month and a half later there'll be a Convict um, War Machine, which is one of the, the big qualifier events apparently. Right. Not that I really know much about that. Right. Anything else at all? Uh, oh, no, just I suppose a plug to um, Mike Crossman and a, and a thank you for uh, running the tournament on the weekend. With ah, yes. MikeCon 2, that was that was excellent. It's lovely to have um, tournaments to go to. So the more people who are prepared to stick their hands up and run them, the, the happier I am. <laughs> As you took out first place, Andrew, do you, do you have did. time to run through, do a quick overview or... Run sure. The tournament? Sure, sure. No problems at all. Um, uh, yeah, so I think we had a dozen players, is that right? Yeah, yep. A dozen oh. players. Uh, we played four scenarios at uh, 2,000 points. Uh, finished off with the kill scenario. Uh, we played invade and pillage and loot. Uh, yep. Yep, and loot. Um, I personally played two undead armies, a dwarf army and an abyssal army. Yep. Um, Played stacks in his uh, uh, dog pound list, he called it, <laughs> which was pretty funny. It's a, a spammed um, small units of dwarfs, and each one had a, uh, a throwing mastiff. Oh, right. um, so I think he had nine or something like that throwing mastiffs plus five war machines, which was good fun to deal with. <laughs> I didn't have to play that. <laughs> no, no I, I really enjoyed it because I got first turn and killed two of his war machines with my war machines in first turn. So that, <laughs> that made me feel very good. <laughs> so, yeah, took away a bit of his nasty firepower and, um, yeah, ended up with a good win over stacks. And so I had th- my first three games for wins and um, ended up in a draw in the kill scenario. There's sort of 150-odd points the difference. Um, between John and myself, we had abyssals. Yep. Had one of those classic double one moments at the start of the game, which set things uh, mm. along a train that I didn't like. <laughs> did twenty five un- did twenty five wounds to his unit of abyssal riders. Yep. With two big units and a character all all um, lined up to then go on and do other things, and uh, yeah, twenty five wounds to something that has eighteen, and then uh, double wound it which meant that he'd got to charge back and, and everything else got to charge back in with it and whatever. So it was one of those things that was all pushing the proverbial uphill from the start. So yeah. I was happy to get a draw at the end and uh, ended up taking out the tournament uh, just on uh, attrition points yeah. from the other games that we played. So, yeah, pretty lucky. And, um, yeah, but I think I said it to you at the very start of the day, Benny, day you get to play four games of Kings of War is a good day. Oh, yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if you don't mind, Andrew, do you want to share your 
abyssal list or is it a, a top secret? Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> I'm not secretive about anything. There's nothing nothing too secretive to, to worry about there. Um, I'll have to remember exactly what I took. But, oh, even if it's um, just rough outline. Yeah, close. So I took a horde of slaybooks, just naked, no magic items or anything like that. I just find that they're... Um, they take up a, such a big footprint, being 25 mil models and horde size. They, That's massive, they isn't it? fill a space just beautifully on the board that if you want to block something up mm-hmm. and with a, um, a nerve of 2022 uh, 20, and crushing one and 25 attacks, they're pretty good. Mm. First time I tried to charge with them in the first game, they were yellow bellied, which <laughs> right. you've got to take that one when it yeah. happens to you. But um, uh, but yeah, so that's sort of the the start of the list. Then a couple of units of gargoyles for chaff yeah. and haranguing the flanks. And I I tend to play them as I'm going to drop this in front of your unit so that you don't get to charge my unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can either not charge them or you can take that eighty points and then I'm in your face sort of stuff. So, um, you know, it's rare that I get to flip them over the back and go chasing more machines or anything like that. They tend to be, um, yeah, meat for the grinder. Yep. Um. Then the the meat of my army was a regiment of half-breeds with the Pathfinder item so that they always keep their um, thunderous when thundering through the forests. Mm -hmm. Um, And then two units of uh, uh, hordes of grotesques. That's that's where the the real killy power comes from, Um, crushing two and thunder one. Um, The regen is just gold. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my Abyssal Dwarf Army doesn't have a lot of dwarfs in it so far, if you've noticed. <laughs> um, so um, what's next? Uh, the Twins, as I call them, two um, big stone golems yep. with a handler who is the Iron Caster with Surge and I uh, also give him the 20-point um, item that allows him to give everybody inspiring, not just the, yep. Yep. Just the, not just the War Machines, um, so that he... He sort of goes around, hides behind them, and then allows them to surge into flanks and rears and all that sort of stuff when people are silly enough to fly big things behind you and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have we got in there? Um, oh, three, uh, three war machines took two heavy mortars and a regular mortar. First time I've ever taken three, and I think I might be doing that again. <laughs> when they hit, they uh, do a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, I think first, as I said, against stacks, I think I hit all three. All three hit their targets in, in turn one, and you just go, oh. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and you go turns without them hitting and things, but when you got three, you've got a much better chance of actually doing something. And when they hit, they're just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. D6 plus, the heavy ones, D6 plus four, um, piercing three, yeah, with vicious, yep. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> nasty. So, you know, you, you you're pretty much you know, you, you're doing between five and eleven wounds every time you hit them. They're unreal. Mm. <laughs> They're yeah. unreal. Um, but yeah, don't tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. Okay. It's just between us, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what else do we have in there? Um, I had a half breed champion. Um, mm-hmm. And I give him anything. No, I think he was just nude. Um, uh, he's uh, mobile, um, uh, sharing his inspiring, and uh, with crushing, uh, crushing three, and a three sixty, 
threat range at 16 inches, he's really handy, get you out of trouble guy. Yeah. Um, he pretty much won one game for me just by taking it in the flank. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, my poor opponent, when he went to overrun with his massive um, night unit, rolled a one instead of a two plus that he needed and left his flank exposed to grotesques and oh, that's, died. That's, yeah, that'll hurt. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty much the list. I don't think there's anything else. So you didn't take the grotesque champion at all? No, I actually actually had him written into the list um, about halfway through the week. And I'd started modelling up a model to put him in because he's 20 points cheaper than the half-breed champion. Mm. And I just couldn't find the extra 20 points anywhere. I thought, all right, it's not as many attacks, no big deal. And then a mate of mine looked at the list and he went, you know this isn't inspiring, right? <laughs> and I went, what? Yep. I went, why would you ever <laughs> take... The, the only reason to take that is if you expect to get flanks and rears and want the bonus for the number of attacks that you get. Mm. It is, there's just no reason to take the Grotesque Champion over the... No. I mean, you could take him and then give him the inspiring talisman. And it's the same cost. And he costs the same thing. With less... <laughs> Less attacks and, and thunderous charge. Yeah, and then you can, and then you can't give it to the uh, uh, ironcaster who is um, hanging back with your other things and trying to give them some inspiring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I've got a model that's two thirds painted, and that might be all. Stand two thirds painted. <laughs> that's a conclusion we come up with when we did the uh, yeah. abyssal dwarf yeah, review. Listen to that one. It was okay. a goodie. <laughs> We'll leave it at there then. Yep. Uh, thanks very much for your time, Andrew. Not a problem. Uh, well, as I said, we'll leave all the information in the show notes. And if you're at all interested, uh, check out the links and sign yourself up. Indeed. Make sure you go. It'll be good. It'll be good. Please do. It'll be ace. Mm. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, we'll see you soon. Cool. Bye. Bye. Okay. Um, all right. So... How about that event? Where did you go? What did you do? I went to MikeCon 2, which was not, not last weekend, was it? Weekend before, I think. Recent. Uh, recent, rather recent. Uh, and I took the list that I put up for the Abyss cast or army review that we did mm-hmm. with the Twilight Kin allies. So for those that are interested, uh, it was a gargoyle troop, two succubi regiments, one with the Brewer Strength. Uh, Horde of Tortured Souls with the Brew of Courage, uh, Abyssal Horseman Regiment with Pathfinder, Efreet with the Piercing Artifact, uh, Temptress with Bane Chant, the Archfiend with Wings and Six Plus Defense, mm-hmm. uh, and the Twilight Kin allies were the uh, a Horde of Abyssal Riders, uh, a Dark Avenger on Abyssal Mount, and a Gargoyle Troop. Mm-hmm. So it sounds solid. <laughs> I actually think it's a solid list. And how'd you go? Oh, really poorly. <laughs> really poorly. First game I played up, I played against an undead player. Uh, I can't remember exactly what was in his list. It was something along the lines of Vampire on a Dragon, Archer Horde with plus one to hit. Uh, it was two or three ghoul troops, mm-hmm. a spear horde that may have had an item, I don't know, a necromancer, army BSB with a diadem. Uh, Soul Reaver uh, Regiment, there was a Zombie Legion catapult, and there may have been 
something else. I'm not sure exactly. Mm. Um, but this this one got to me a little bit because we only finished uh, we finished the game at turn four. It was a very slow, tedious game. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that the next MikeCon has uh, chess clocks. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of the game chasing around or trying to stop the dragon. Um, in hindsight, I probably should have just whacked the parch fiend in front of it and followed followed around with that. Yeah. Um, but I decided to try and get my cavalry to take it out, and it took a lot longer than expected. I ended up losing the game because we finished early. I had a 260-point unit stuck on the middle of the board. I was invaded, by the way, sorry. <laughs> um, and I lost by five points. So... <sighs> Oh well, mm. <laughs> close so, to that, term. Yeah, yeah, that one wasn't so good. Hopefully, next one has chess clocks and um, I won't get screwed over like that again. <laughs> game two. Game two played dwarves. There were a lot of dwarves. I uh, played Seji. I can't remember what was in his army list exactly. There was a big horde of um, I don't know if they're riflemen or something. Yeah, they're called. Yep. Um, a big horde of warriors, a unit of uh, berserkers, a regiment, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Two, what are the six plus defense guys? Iron Guard or something? Iron Guard, I yeah. I don't know. Ironclad is normal dudes, Iron Guard are there. Yeah. One of them defense. had um, plus one crushing strength. Okay. And then the other one dropped the shield for a double-handed weapon. So uh, they were both pretty hitty. Mm. Um, thought I had Seji in this one. Until his rifleman let loose. <laughs> and took everything off? Yeah. Uh, no, he took three units off in a turn, which then gave him the chance to get the counter on the right-hand side of the board. That's a quarter of your army. Three units in one turn. Yeah. One of them was a horde of abyssal riders, the Twilight Kin. One was the character, the abyssal... No, not the abyssal, the Twilight Kin character. And I can't remember what the other one was. It was important for some reason. Mm. Don't know, but either way, that turn dissolved my right flank and gave him the freedom to turn around when he probably shouldn't have. I think the Abyssal Riders got taken off the board with a boxcar roll or, or, you know, Mm. they only had four or five wounds on them and then high roll for nerve. And I'd kind of committed the character to a combat, so they disappeared. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway, to cut a long story short, this one ended up in a draw. He held a counter on the right-hand side. This one was loot. I probably should have mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I held the one on the left-hand side. You know, the succubi just sat on it. Um, The dwarfs were too scared to charge. Or too smart to charge. (laughs) Well, he had me outnumbered. But anyway, yeah, ended up in a draw. That was was probably the best game I had. Um, Maybe I can put a link up to show pictures. Yeah, you can show notes or something. Sure, why not? Third game, I played Nick and his Undead. Um, this was a really grindy list. Uh, zombie Legion, Zombie Horde, Zombie Skelly Spear Horde? Mm-hmm. No, not Zombie Skelly. Skelly. Zombie Skellies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're still dead, aren't they? Spear Horde, Soul Reaver Regiment, Werewolf horde i'm assuming it is mm. and had a couple of units of ghouls and a vampire and a dragon as well mm-hmm. this one uh just a bit unlucky on 
some really high nerve checks, even with a re-roll. Uh, lost a unit of succubi to zombies coming out of a freaking forest. So it's <laughs> one to hit. Minus one to hit from the uh, succubi as well, which was a bit owies. Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing with my abyssal horseman. I was stuck in a forest, although I did find out later on that I was kind of jibbed by a rules decision by by Mike, but we'll we'll let that one go. <laughs> let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one I'd like to play Nick again. It was a really fun game. A uh, couple of really lucky overalls got me, and he took home the the markers there and and the kills. <laughs> uh, last game, this one I'd prefer just to skip completely. Play Scott. <laughs> Why? And if, if the dice hadn't deserted me in round three, they certainly deserted me in round four <laughs> i'll just keep this really short uh one combat i had a unit of tortured souls in the flank of a wraith troop and a unit of i think it was abyssal horsemen in the front mm-hmm. and i even called it beforehand better roll a double one <laughs> that, that was the issue <laughs> you shouldn't have enough, it. rolled a double one and then because he held me up with all these units he had a zombie dragon ready to pounce yeah and then I just collapsed, funnily enough. <laughs> that was it. Uh, so you took your new fancy dice tray? Yeah. And it didn't work? I suppose it held the dice in place, it just didn't make them roll any better. No, it didn't help them roll any better. I didn't expect it to, but I think it's... I've always found I pick up dice that are made for, you know, wound markers or the dice hit miniatures and whether it moves them slightly or not, I I just prefer to keep my dice in a box. Yeah. And that's fair enough. Mm. Mm. Oh, well, next one's coming up in August. Better luck then. Uh, yeah, well, I've got Convict first, so I'll worry about that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so we've got to get pre- prepared for that. I've got my uh, second giant well underway. So um, just got to put together some blast wagons and I'll be golden. Mm. Um I should probably finish some painting of my own. I probably should construct three different armies, eh? Yeah, that would be an idea. Um, just before we go, though, I'd like to just mention that there is a games convention in Yarraville, western suburbs of Melbourne, uh, PandaCon, if you haven't heard of it. Look it up, pandacon.com.au. This is e- the start of July, um, 2nd and 3rd, I believe. Uh, it's got all sorts of games going, small tournaments, um, Android, Netrunner, Dungeons and Dragons, Malifaux, Guild Ball, uh, Star Wars, can't think of anything else there, I'm sure there's a bunch more, um, tickets you can buy online, um, but yeah, check it out, attend, make it big, and then it'll come back bigger and better, I would think. Um, so until then, we've got a Ogre Army review coming up shortly so stay tuned for that was there anything that you wanted to mention spoon no i think we'll keep it for the next missive yep sounds good all right thanks champs for listening and staying tuned um and we'll catch you next time bye bye Blowing up the game Talking many war games is our aim From rule books to advice We cover it all With the best tactics We never fall Ben 
summons going all your host every vid misfiring but aiming up ahead comment like and subscribe today keeping you notified and up to date come check us out at facebook.com slash direct misfire or shoot us over an email at direct misfire at gmail.com